today on In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farag. The father pulls up his robe and runs to his son. That's unthinkable in the Middle East. I'll tell you right now, growing up in an Arab home with an Arab father, that is not, you'll never see that. Dad's not going to run to the son. Son's going to come crawling to the dad. But that was the whole point of the parable. He is just so overjoyed. He runs to his son. You're listening to In Spirit and Truth, the radio ministry of Pastor J.D. Farag of Calvary Chapel, Kaneohe. Pastor J.D. is currently teaching through the book of 1 Timothy. Our God is so full of grace. As we find illustrated in the story of the prodigal son, the father didn't care about societal norms or expectations. His love for his lost son so overwhelmed him that he was willing to completely humiliate himself. As Pastor J.D. will point out in today's message, that's the type of love that God has for you. Now, be sure to stay with us after today's message to hear how you can get your own copy of today's broadcast. Subscribe to the In Spirit and Truth podcast or download the In Spirit and Truth iPhone or Android mobile app. But for now, here's Pastor J.D. in 1 Timothy chapter 1 with today's edition of In Spirit and Truth. The devil is condemning us to distance us from the only one that we can have forgiveness from. That is his chief goal, if I can say it that way. That's what he's all about. And he's always rubbing the law in our face. He's always rubbing our nose in it. You coveted, didn't you? You I, I saw what you did when you went on a walk to the beach that day and you saw that New construction at home, right on the water, Kailua Beach. Oh my goodness. You got like two guest houses, pool. They used to have a pool on the mainland. <laughs> I'm sorry. And I, I'm walking by this thing going, I mean, oh my goodness, this is, this is, wow. I wish I, I wish I lived here. And then the Lord's right there. And, and of course, here's the enemy going, you're coveting. I know. Guilty. I'm guilty. That's a sin. I know it's a sin. And then here's the Holy Spirit going, you know, by the way, <laughs> JD, spoiler alert, This uh, thing you're coveting here, I mean, right on Kailua Beach, as grand and glorious as it is, it, it won't even be like a toilet in heaven. I'm sorry, that's a horrible illustration, but I don't think there's going to be toilets in heaven, but I think you get the point. It it wouldn't even rise to the level of being an outhouse compared to the mansion that is prepared for you. What are you doing? Oh, I'm sorry, Lord. I'm sorry. I blew it again. Thanks for bringing me back, you know, to my senses again. Back to you again. 
You see, that's what the Holy Spirit does. And that's the whole point of the law. It's to, it's to show you, you, and you blew it. Again. <laughs> now what are you going to do? That's Galatians 3.24. Therefore, the law was our tutor. Some translations render it schoolmaster. Now, don't, don't picture the principal who I was very acquainted with in high school, elementary school, middle school for that matter too. You know, with the, I mean, the strict principal that you were always in his office. I had permanent reservations. I had a seat in the principal's office with my name on it. Not that kind of principal. Not that kind of schoolmaster. It's more like this, this idea of a tutor, an instructor, that takes you by the hand to the Savior. Here you are, you're, you're, you blew it. You have to go to the, not the principal's office, but the Holy Spirit is going to take you to the Savior, where there is forgiveness of sin. First John 1 John 1.9 says, if we will but confess our sins, that's all we have to do. This is a good deal, by the way. I'm, I'm sorry if that sounds crass or, you know, raw, but this is a good deal, two for one. (laughs) We only do one thing. We confess our sin. And then he does two. This is why it's a good deal. We confess, that's the one thing we do, and then he does two things. First, he forgives us instantaneously. And then the second thing he does is he cleanses us from all unrighteousness. And that's the other thing too, by the way, that the enemy does. You know, the forgiveness is there for the asking. I think about what James says again. We, we couch it in different terms in the context of what he says. It's in the context of prayer, but the prayer of forgiveness, asking for forgiveness, the confessing of sins. You have not forgiveness because you've asked not for forgiveness. The only thing standing in between you and forgiveness is just asking in prayer, Lord, forgive me. Forgive me. That's it. And it's not like, you know, we do err greatly when we see our Heavenly Father through the lens of our earthly fathers. I had a, I had a, I didn't have a great relationship with my dad. In fact, he was always mad at me. (laughs) I'm sure I gave him good reason to be. But I mean, it was so bad that, you know, I didn't, I didn't want to, I would try to sleep in until after he left the house, and I would try to go to bed early before he came back to the house. I just didn't want to be around him because he was always mad at me. I knew I was always in trouble. I think it was Mark Twain who said once, at the end of the day, spank your children because surely they did something. That was me. I mean, I, just, I, I was always in trouble. <laughs> and so one of the things I had to understand, especially as a new believer, was that my heavenly father, not only was he not like that, he was the opposite of that. I mean, he's not, you know that, you know that, when that's, when the, easy for me to say, when the mom says to the kid, you just wait till your father comes home. (laughs) Oh no. It's like, not like that, it's the opposite of that. 
with your heavenly Father. You see, we tend to distance ourselves and we, we, we imagine our heavenly Father just waiting with the belt. Oh, the belt. You know what I'm talking about, the belt? Or the wooden spoon. Maybe you're a spoon kid. I was all of the above, man. I got scars to prove it, too. That wooden spoon, you know, <laughs> and then the, the kids hide it. And you just have to go out and buy more. But our Heavenly Father is not waiting with the belt or the wooden spoon. He put all of His anger, all of His wrath, onto His only begotten Son, Jesus the Christ, who took the punishment for us, paid the penalty instead of us. He's not mad anymore. He's not angry. In fact, (laughs) I mean, if you can even imagine, when you go to your Heavenly Father and you confess your sins and you ask for forgiveness, He's like, What took you so long? What? You mean I'm not grounded? No, come on in. How about the parable of the prodigal, as we affectionately refer to it? You know, it's, it's easily missed, especially in our culture. That parable is very specific for very good reason. Jesus is teaching this parable of this disobedient, ungrateful, entitled, oh that's a good one, son, I'm entitled to my inheritance. Okay, fine. So he gives him his inheritance. Goes, and what does he do? He completely blows it. And it's so bad, he hits rock bottom, and he's like shoveling pig manure, which you got to understand, as a Jew, that's, that's not really kosher. And He's thinking to himself, man, if I go back home, and even if I was just a servant to my father, I'd have it better than this. So that's what I'm going to do. Man, he's going to, I'm sure I'm going to be grounded for the rest of my life, but I'm going to go back. Surely that can be better than this. I, I imagine, it's a parable, but you get the point. I can imagine him rehearsing on the way back to his father all the way. Okay, here's what I'm going to say. Okay, Dad, I'm so sorry. I'm... No, that's not okay. How about this one? <laughs> father which art in heaven. No, not that one. That's a different one. No, just forgive me. I completely blew my inheritance. And when he approaches, what does he find? The father standing at the door with the belt. <laughs> No. He's actually in the driveway. I know I'm taking liberties. Indulge me. He's in the driveway waiting. Don't think for a second the Father isn't praying and hasn't been praying every day, all day, every night, all night for His Son to return. And He sees Him coming from afar off. And in what I would argue is perhaps amongst the most, how do I say this, moving portraits in all of Scripture, 
the father pulls up his robe and runs to his son. That's unthinkable in the Middle East. I'll tell you right now, growing up in an Arab home with an Arab father, that is not, you'll never see that. Dad's not going to run to the son. Son's going to come crawling to the dad. But that was the whole point of the parable. He is just so overjoyed. He runs to his son. He embraces him. Doubtless tears streaming down both of their faces. Oh, that script that he practiced on the way back home? (laughs) Forget it. (laughs) Whoa, could you imagine? He wasn't expecting this. He was fully expecting to be strictly and severely disciplined, and instead he's loved and embraced, and that's not all. He has this huge feast prepared for him. (laughs) So much so that his older brother's like, are you kidding me? You've got to be kidding me. Why would you do that? I have been an obedient son this whole time. I didn't ask for my inheritance. I'm not entitled like my brother. I didn't take and blow my inheritance and then come back and expect you to, you know, just let it go. It was not letting it go. Sounds like the point of the parable might have more to do with the older son, by the way. And there's some typology there too. As some have suggested, the older son is a picture of Israel, and the other son is a picture of the Gentiles. And here (laughs) they have this relationship with their God. You know, we, we provoke the Jews to jealousy. One of the things I love about going to Israel, whenever we go there, I mean, they don't know what to do with me, because I'm like an enigma. I'm an Arab that loves them as a Jew. And what really makes it hard for them, and it's a head-scratcher, I tell you, they're jealous of my relationship with their God. I'm like, really? Oh, yeah, man. (laughs) And And they don't know what to do with that. And that's what provoking them to jealousy is. You have, you have a relationship with our God? Yeah, but you're an Arab. I know. How cool is that, right? How is that possible, Jesus? Because in Christ, there's no distinction. There's no delineation between Jew and Greek and Arab and Hawaiian, Portuguese. Is that bad? I shouldn't say it like that. You get the point. All right, praise the Lord. Portuguese, Dad. I just said it. There we go. My Portuguese brother. Okay. But we're brought to Christ by the tutor of the Holy Spirit that we might be justified by faith. I love that word justified, right? You know what that word means? It's one of those words that means what it says and says what it means. You're justified. I know. It's just if I'd never sinned. That's what justified means. I love that word. That's such a cool word. It's, I mean, I realize it has an accounting sort of, you know, uh, uh, context, but it's just if I'd never sinned. 
I'm justified in Christ. Because when I'm, when I'm standing before that law, I mean, it's confronting me in my sin and showing me my sin. And I'm only justified when I go to Him. Let me just say before we bring it in for a landing, if you're here today or watching this online and, man, the enemy's just had his way with you, I mean, he's just been beating you up and taking you down and trying to keep you down. I want to encourage you on the authority of God's Word. God loves you. You are forgiven. Yeah, but you don't know how bad it is. Well, listen, one of the things when it comes to confrontation is on the receiving end of the confrontation, you have to be teachable, correctable. Don't stiffen your neck. Don't harden your heart. The the sooner you humble yourself, the better it's going to be for you. And you just humble yourself, you confess your sin, and He restores you, and He prepares the table for you, and He has a big feast for you, because you're back. I want to close by posing a question. And please know (laughs) that it's one for which I ask myself more often than I care to admit. The question is this, is my unwillingness to confront and speak the truth in love to someone because I fear how they will respond? Is that why I'm avoiding it? If so, is it because I want them to like me and not be angry with me? That's the fear of man. And that's a trap, the proverb says. One of the things I'm learning in my walk with the Lord is that initially they might resent it when I confront them, be angry with me, when I confront them, but eventually they're going to appreciate that I cared enough to say something. And that's Proverbs 27, 6. It says, faithful are the wounds of a friend, but the kisses of an enemy are deceitful. Let that sink in. In other words, if you're only going to tell me what I want to hear, and you're not willing to tell me what I need to hear, you're no friend. In fact, not only are you not a friend, you're deceiving me. You're leading me astray. And you don't care about me, because if you really cared about me, you would say something to me if you really cared about me. Faithful are the wounds of a friend. Key word, wounds. Sometimes it hurts. You can't handle the truth, (laughs) we say. Because sometimes it's hard. It's hard to hear it. Many years ago, I know I said I was going to close. I will, but uh, (laughs) I just thought of this. I think it's the Holy Spirit, maybe for somebody here watching online. Many years ago, I was counsel, very good counsel, very godly counsel, to just sit down 
and shut up. Sorry if that offends anybody saying that. And just listen to my wife and bite my tongue. Remember that tongue, which is really hard. I have so many scars on my tongue from, you know, <laughs> keeping that thing inside. You know, because there's, there's so, so many times where you want to do something. Even before they finish the sentence, you're not even listening. You're already thinking about what you're going to say next in response. Come on. And by the way, wives, husbands, don't like be doing the elbow thing right now. <laughs> but isn't it true when you're, you know, in a conflict and they, they, they're, they're, oh, it's, it's the truth, but you don't want to hear it. So what do you do? You deflect. Me? What about you? <laughs> I, you know, and boy, I tell you, it was, it was one of the most painful, but yet if I had to do it over again, I wouldn't trade what came of it for anything. I sit down and she just starts, I mean, it was, oh my goodness, I should have popped more popcorn because it was long. That DVD was really, oh, DVD is obsolete. Now it's blue. Now it's not even Blu-ray. It's live stream. That live stream was really long. She just kept going down that list. And you know, when you do this, that, that, that really hurts me. And I'm like, oh. everything within me wanted to defend myself. And then it's like <laughs> the Lord's saying, now, yeah, but this is really hard. That's the point. This, this is really hard to hear. No, but you need to hear it. Faithful are the wounds of a friend. And by the way, think about it this way. This might even be harder to hear. But if you're not going to listen, husband, to your wife, there's another guy who will. You are setting them up. If you're not willing to sit down and listen to them, as Peter says, dwell with your husbands, dwell with your wives in an understanding way, as a joint heir, so that your prayer is not hindered. Oh, that's, a, that's another sermon for another time. But if you aren't willing to take the time, and you don't care enough, to let your wife just put all the cards on the table. Well, the enemy is going to be at the ready to put somebody into her path who will. It happens all the time. I hate to say it. It's the truth. It's easy to read the book of 1 Timothy and think it only applies to pastors. But the Word of God is always inclusive. This means you can glean something from every page, no matter who you are. So don't let your social status, job, age, or how long you've been a Christian hinder you from diving into the Bible. It's full of wisdom that you can apply to your life. As you listen to Pastor J.D.'s message today, we pray your faith was impacted in a powerful way. If you missed any part of this message or would like to hear others like it, just visit InSpiritAndTruthRadio.com. There you'll find an archive of teachings as well as other helpful tools in your walk with the Lord. 
We always love to hear from our listeners, too. If you have a specific prayer request or any questions, please don't hesitate to get in touch with us through our contact form on our website. Again, that's in spiritandtruthradio.com. You'll find it under the About tab. If you're in the Kaneohe area, we'd love to connect and have you join us for our worship services. Always feel free to bring your friends and family along, too. It's a great time of fellowship and learning about God with Pastor J.D. Be sure to let us know that you're a listener of In Spirit and Truth when you visit. You can find out more about Calvary Chapel Kaneohe at our website or find us on our media platforms to stay up to date with all things concerning Calvary Chapel Kaneohe. With that, our time with you has come to an end. Thanks for being part of our study here today. We hope you'll tune in again right here on In Spirit and Truth.